This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is our special guest. His name is Burton Kelso. He's the keynote speaker, technology speaker, and cybersecurity speaker, as well as the owner and chief tech expert at Integral. He is also an on-air guest, TV expert, and consumer products expert, and he is no stranger to podcasts. I know he's done a ton. He's been around at a ton of different conventions and conferences. So, Burton, welcome onto the show. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for having me, Allison. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good, you know. We're just chat. We're just chatting before we started about spring weather in, in Kansas City and here in Ohio and how we're very similar climates and we're both just hoping for some nice weather and to get into the spring and away from winter. <laughs> yeah, nice consistent weather. I don't mind if we have a week of cold and then a week of warm, but just having the mix of weather it being cold one day and warm the next, it can be a challenge, you know. You never know. Like when I do laundry, I'm like, I have sweaters, I have shorts. So like, you know, it's like, what did I wear this week? It's all over the place. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So Burton, I have to ask you our question that I ask all of the guests that joined me on the podcast, which is since the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view, most favorite view, most special view that you've ever seen? I would probably have to say both sides of the Grand Canyon. When, When I was a teenager and just recently got back from the North Rim over the holidays. Took the family down to Vegas and we went to the Grand Canyon on Christmas Day and pretty spectacular view knowing that all of that rock was carved out of a river. And it's just massive and it's very beautiful and just very serene and peaceful in that neck of the woods. So I obviously, if you've never been to the Grand Canyon, you ought to make a trip there. I think so. That's definitely, you know, one of the bucket list items. I know I've heard a lot of people say, and and I think we've had, you know, individuals on the podcast say that answer too. So put add it onto the bucket list, Grand Canyon. I, I love it. Let's get started on today's topic, which we're going to talk about cybersecurity in the real estate world as realtors in our businesses. And just in general, I feel like we're at such a crazy time with technology. I mean, we see stuff in the news every day. So I'm so happy we're having this conversation now because I think it's super, super relevant. And I'm excited to have you kind of break down this world of cybersecurity and and online attacks and and have us learn a little bit more about it today. So I think we should just kind of start at the beginning, like maybe tell us a little bit about cybersecurity. What is it? Why is it so important? We hear this word dropped phrase said a lot, you know, but kind of give us a little background story on what it is and how it's impacting things today. 
Well, cybercrime in its current state's been around since at least 2012, and that's when criminals started to realize that more people were connected to the internet and started to invent ways to take advantage of all the different exploits that they could use against people. I mean, you've got a variety of cyber threats, which is, you know, the good old virus where criminals would send viruses across the internet and they would infect uh, devices. Uh, you also have ransomware attacks, which have occurred in recent years. And of course, you've got personal theft as well, as far as cybercrime is concerned. But the whole idea behind cybercrime is for criminals to get access to your personal information. And with that information, they can usually perform identity theft. So if you're a real estate agent and you have your information stolen, you can become a victim of identity theft. Also, criminals are always looking for new people to scam. So if you've got your buyers and sellers out there and criminals get a hold of it, criminals can take advantage of buyers and sellers in a number of ways. Number one, they could steal your buyer and seller information. Number two, there's always wire fraud theft that's always going on because criminals realize that there's a lot of money involved in the real estate industry. And so all it takes is an intercepted email where a criminal can fish or fake that they're a lender or a real estate professional and get the buyer or seller to wire them large amounts of cash. And then now emerging in our current age of cyber threat is AI or just different deep fakes or different AI crimes that are designed for criminals to pose as a real estate agent in order to, again, steal information from either buyers or sellers, or just from unsuspecting people that are looking to conduct real estate transactions. Now, Allison, back when cybercrime started back in 2012, it was more of criminals breaking into devices and getting access to information. But as we've evolved and have learned to better protect ourselves, cybercrime is more of a human problem where criminals have discovered that it's easier to trick someone to give out their information as opposed to breaking into your devices. So it's very interesting now that you have to understand that every device that real estate professionals own has the protection built in to prevent probably at least 99% of cyber threats. It's now you as a real estate professional have to learn what you can do to protect yourselves from a variety of phishing scams and to make sure that you're showing your buyers and sellers how they can protect themselves from all of the cyber threats out there. So it's now don't click on stuff. Make sure that you're reading the emails and the text messages and paying attention to the voice phone calls that come in that will help you stay safe in our current age of cybercrime. Yeah, it's it's thank you. That was such a such a great kind of background and history into how we got to where we are today. And it's just interesting to see how it's evolved from like how you mentioned it used to be we were worried that someone's going to hack into our account and steal our identity and do all this crazy stuff. And now we're the ones that are putting ourselves in these situations a lot of the time, which is so crazy and interesting to see that kind of a switch. And you mentioned a few of the different ways that we can get ourselves in trouble with scams and things like that. Would you maybe give us like the top examples that you see of ways that realtors or our clients are getting um, involved with these scammers, you know, whether it be through our emails or our social media, maybe give us kind of the top ways that you see us getting ourselves into trouble with this. Yeah, right now, the top threat is something called juice jacking, which is where cyber criminals take over a USB charging station. Now, 
it's interesting because obviously when you're on the road or traveling as a realtor, then you're going to run low with power on your devices. Doesn't matter if it's a laptop, tablet, or a smartphone. If you see a charging station, you're automatically going to plug in and try to charge your phone. Now, criminals understand that when you plug your smartphone into a USB charger, that there are two things that happen. Number one, there's a section of your USB cable that allows you to charge your device. But the other aspect is that when you plug your smart device into a USB port, you can also transfer data back and forth. So criminals have designed charging stations to look at the information on your devices and they can infect it with ransomware, they can steal information, and they can program your smart device to go ahead and spread malicious software as you plug into more devices and charging stations. So that's the top threat. But overall, the most dangerous threat out there would be phishing schemes. And they come in three varieties. You've got your standard email phishing scheme, where a criminal will try to pretend that they're a person of of authority to get to your information. There's also text message phishing, where you'll get a text message from a random person asking for information or making you think that there's a problem and you click on the link. And then finally, there's the voice phishing scheme where someone calls and says, hey, there's a problem with an account. And you have to understand that most phishing schemes are socially engineered. That means that criminals design schemes in order to make humans react as opposed to think about the information that's coming through. And you have to look and understand that criminals are going into the deep psychological profile of how people react to stuff. So they'll come up with a variety of themes that make you react, like there's a problem with your account. Or if you're a buyer or a seller, you get a message from your realtor and it says there's a problem with the real estate transaction. Of course, you see these alerts come in and of course you react rather than thinking through the whole process of if this is a legitimate request or if this is just some bogus criminal trying to get access to your information. So juice jacking again, applying to the human idea of, well, my device is low, I need to charge it in, I'm going to plug into whatever is available and not think about the consequences. So that's why with cybercrime being a human problem, why it's so important for real estate agents to understand that they need to be on the up and up when it comes to staying protected from cyber threats. Yeah, you have to. You have to like almost just question everything nowadays, you know, and I know it's only going to get worse with AI. And I know I've seen, you know, AI generated image of the Pope wearing the designer coat that's been going around and just how do we spot this? Because you're right, we, we almost just can't trust anything nowadays. And I know I get these text messages all the time, like your Amazon account, there's an error or like UPS can't deliver your package. And like, I'm like, what in the world? So this happens all the time. Like, I don't think anyone is really safe from being susceptible to these types of of attacks. But I think it's interesting with real estate and small businesses in general that we're almost a little bit more susceptible to this. Could you share a little bit why small businesses and and real estate small businesses, you know, maybe are are bigger targets for some of these criminals than, you know, anything else? Yeah, Allison, it's uh, the whole idea that most realtors and even small businesses just don't have the support staff to help them look out for these cyber threats that are out there. Like if you're in a corporate environment, you're getting the fake phishing emails that try to see if you're going to fall victim to a phishing email. But as real estate agent, maybe you're on your own, maybe you have a small brokerage 
And you just don't have that IT support staff that's able to let you know what the latest cyber threats are. And a lot of it is just hearsay as far as the information that they're receiving, as far as what's a credible threat, what's a bogus threat. And it's just kind of hard to get through all the noise to understand what things you should actually protect yourself from. I know another big threat that I forgot to mention was social media hacking and spoofed accounts. I mean, that's huge with anybody. And the challenge is, is that if your account is hacked, there's no way to get your account back. And there are bogus accounts out there that say, hey, if you lost your social media account, we can definitely help you log back into it. And so with the amount of cyber threats out there, as well as scams, it's just hard for the everyday realtor to keep up with that and run their real estate business. And which means there makes them a little bit more susceptible to what's going on out there. It's so hard to keep track of. I mean, I, I had a friend whose her Instagram account got hacked and not only did they take her Instagram, but they took her Netflix and her email. So to reset password, you couldn't reset the password because it goes straight into your email. So it's just so crazy, you know, the level that it's gotten to and how we are all just so vulnerable to this. Is there any way that you would recommend us really staying safe and being diligent about this? And I know you mentioned like question everything, like always be aware before we click on a link. Are there any other ways that you would recommend that we just be really strong on this so that we can avoid any sort of crime taking place? Oh, definitely. So I think the first thing that realtors need to do is to establish a good line of communication with their buyers and sellers. So if you are going through the whole real estate transaction process, you need to let your buyers and sellers know this is the way that we're going to communicate. Either it's going to be by phone or by email. And this is the only number that is going to come through. And this is the only things that you need to respond to. If there's another email that comes through, then you need to ignore it. it. doesn't matter if it's from the real estate agent or from the lender. Just make sure that you establish clear communication with your buyers and sellers. Now, as far as real estate agents are concerned, there's a whole host of things that realtors need to do. So number one would be Make sure that you aren't sharing your mobile number. And I know that's going to upset a lot of realtors, but you, when you sh share your mobile number, you make yourself more susceptible to SIM card fraud where criminals can actually take your mobile number and transfer it to their phone and then use your phone to send out spam messages via text or voicemail. Other things that realtors need to do on a regular basis is change passwords on a regular basis, set up two-factor or two-step authentication on all of their web-based accounts and more importantly, passwords. Stop using them and use passphrases instead. So passphrases are a set of two or more words that create a strong password. So for example, you might want to use the passphrase of red turtle uh, 269 exclamation point, or maybe, oh, I'm trying to think of a good one, black cardinal, because you know, cardinals are normally red, like black cardinal 275 question mark, but things like that. And if you are struggling with coming up with passphrases for your online accounts, there's a website called useapassphrase.com where it'll automatically generate a password for you. And then another important step would be for real estate agents to find out if their information is floating on the dark web. Now, if you're a realtor, your profile is prominently displayed because you have a realtor website or you're on the brokerage website, but you need to make sure that information of yours hasn't been leaked on the dark web. And there's a website called Have I Been Pwned? And pwned is spelled P-W-N-E-D.com. If you visit that website, it definitely will allow you to look and see 
if your phone number is floating on the dark web as a realtor, or if your email and other password information is floating around on the dark web. And if you find that it is, then you can take steps to change the passwords to those leaked accounts and make sure that you're keeping yourself safe, not only for you, but also for your buyers and sellers. Yeah, no, that's so important, especially because as realtors, we live so much of our life out in the open. We have such a strong online presence. We're like, yes, call us, anyone call us, you know, new clients. And you know, and that's just the business that we're in is we're like trained to be so open and just out there. And it leaves us really vulnerable to this type of stuff. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, Visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Home sellers can be sued by buyers, even if they did nothing wrong. When a seller gets sued, so does their agent and broker. And that's just not fair. Home sale lawsuits don't happen on every transaction, but when they do, they can be devastating. Seller's Shield is so proactive, we resolve 94% of our clients' disputes before they become a formal suit, keeping everyone out of the courtroom. Protect yourself with Seller's Shield and get the peace of mind you deserve. I'm just curious, and you know, as we're talking about all this, I don't know if, if you're aware or not, is there anything that's going on, you know, maybe nationally with legislation that's trying to stop any of this? Are you aware of any like efforts that are trying to cut down? Because it does seem like it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And every day it's like there's more, you know, coming at us. Are you aware of anything like that that's going to try to slow this down and stop this from happening? Well, there is legislation as far as trying to prevent the spread of cybercrime. And of course, the government's always letting people know about different cyber threats that are out there. But the challenge is, is that most of your cyber crime or cyber criminals are overseas. They're either terrorists in countries that sponsor terrorism. Sometimes they're state sponsored, meaning that there could be countries like Russia and China that are actually giving money to cyber criminals in order for them to make more money for the cyber criminals and for the government. Because I think cybercrime is at least a couple of billion dollar a year industry. So, I mean, there's obviously plenty of money to go around to help everyone out. So if you're a country or a terrorist that wants to make a little side hustle, why not turn to cybercrime and trick unsuspect, unsuspecting people out of their hard-earned money? But that's why it's very important that we make sure that we're taking the steps to keep ourselves safe because there's ultimately, you know, no one that's going to really protect you. Now for domestic cyber threats, obviously the local, your local law enforcement and the FBI can handle that. But when it's out of the country, I mean, there's CIA. And then of course you have to get with countries and hope that maybe they will cooperate and shut down these criminals that are doing this cyber crime activity. So crazy to think this is like goes so much beyond, you know, where we are in our country and we're facing threats from out of the USA. That's crazy. When we think about protecting ourselves, 
There are ways that we can do that with some software and things out there that already exist. What exists out there that realtors should look into? And how do we know if we should put something in place? You know, when is there a certain point? Do you, I'm sure you don't want to wait until something has happened to put software in place. But talk to us a little bit about uh, identity theft software that will protect you from this kind of stuff and kind of how businesses should go about thinking about that. Well, yeah, one of the first things that people turn to is antivirus software. But the challenge is, is that most antivirus software is developed out of the country. <laughs> and you have to look and see what antivirus software that you're using, because sometimes the privacy laws in countries abroad aren't the same as the U.S. So maybe that antivirus software is scanning your computer to remove threats, but it also could be scanning and looking at your personal information, too. So you really need to just concentrate on U.S.-based antivirus software, like say your Norton's or your McAfee, but better yet, you probably didn't know this, Allison, but most Windows and Macintosh computers already have antivirus software built in. So you really don't need to use any of the third-party stuff that's out there on the market. So, I mean, if you're a Windows user, you can use Windows Defender, which has been around since Windows 7. And then, of course, Macintosh users, the operating system itself is antivirus software. So there's really no need to add additional software into your computer. Now, as far as identity theft is concerned, I mean, again, you want to visit uh, haveibeenpwned.com just to see if you have been a victim of a large-scale data breach that leaked personal information such as home address or social security numbers. If you have, then you want to look into identity theft software such as Norton's LifeLock or Symantec has their own identity theft software that you can enroll in to make sure that your information is safe and secure from criminals. But I mean, that's pretty much it. And of course, you know, if you have been threatened, you can, you want to check your credit report because when criminals get your information, they don't act immediately. They'll sometimes wait weeks or months to try to make a attack. So always make sure that you're checking your credit. Always make sure that you're reviewing your financial bank statements to make sure that there's no activity going on with those accounts. And Make sure with any financial account that you have, turn on alerts so that you can be notified when there's some strange activity going on with those accounts. That's super interesting. So if you realize, you know, that you have been involved in something, it might not happen right away. So this could have happened months ago. And those criminals just might now be using your information or using your accounts. I think that's that's super interesting. That's something that I didn't know. So say that you do get involved in, in a security breach. What steps would you recommend taking to kind of get your personal information back? I know you mentioned some software and things, you know, that you can do, like checking your credit and, and changing passwords and things like that. What advice do you have for realtors, brokers, any of our clients? Um, if we are involved in a security breach, what kind of do we do from there? Right. So, Allison, the first step would be to find out where the breach occurred, because a lot of times the breach can occur with yourself the realtor or within the brokerage because a real estate agent or broker clicked on a link that they weren't supposed to click on. So you want to make sure that you didn't have the instance of a criminal breaking into the computers of your own self or your brokerage and to make sure that you know where the cyber risk came from. Because in a lot of instances, when corporate entities suffer data breaches, it comes from one poor lowly employee that clicked on something that they weren't supposed to. So you want to understand where it came from. Next step you have to do is to inform, and I know realtors don't want to hear this, you've got to let people know that you have become a victim of a data breach and let them know to protect themselves because it may result in a loss of confidence of you as a real estate agent, but you still have to inform people 
that you have leaked information and that will start the healing process of people wanting to work with you again because data breaches occur. And then probably the last step or one of the final two steps would be to contact law enforcement because even though a lot of these cybercrime events happen overseas, local law enforcement needs to know too because it could be a domestic cyber criminal as opposed to one that's international. And then finally, you probably need to hire the services of an IT expert to come in, make sure that you've got the right protection for your devices, and to make sure that whatever virus threat has occurred is off your devices. And one thing about ransomware. So let's say if your brokerage or yourself becomes a victim of ransomware, never pay the ransom because it just makes you a larger target where criminals will come back in the future and try to trick you out of money. To prevent losing information in a ransomware breach, you always want to make sure that you're backing up all of your devices automatically to the cloud you know, on a regular basis. I should say daily or hourly basis to make sure if you do have ransomware, then you can just tell the criminals goodbye and then you can just restore your data from a backup. Yeah, no, those are all those are all great tips. And I know something that I run into too is, you know, when you log into an account and you'll get that message that says like you've been involved in whatever, this site had information leaked, you know, and it says, do you want to change your password? Is that another thing that you recommend too? If you see that type of message, should we be resetting our passwords? I know you mentioned that we should be doing that on a regular basis, you know, in general, but if we get something like that, do our changing password, do your two phrase password, which I think that was, that was super cool. I'm going to start using that now because I'm, I'm back. And I use my same password for like half my stuff. So I know you're probably like, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good deal, Allison. So if you get a bogus or a random message on your computer, it could be a ransomware attack or it could be what's called scareware. So if you get a message, it pops up, says you need to call a number, never need to call the number. A lot of instances when you get something like that, you can just reboot your device and then it gets rid of the message. Because again, it's scareware. It's designed to make you freak out and go, oh, let me call this number to solve the problem. Same thing with like social media accounts being hacked. Now, if your account's hacked, you're not going to get access to it, like what happened to your friend. But if it's spoofed, again, you can just report the account to social media and then just go about your merry way. You don't have to worry about changing password or anything like that. But I will say, Allison, it's a good idea if you haven't changed your passwords in months or years and you have a cybersecurity incident, then's a good time to go ahead and change your password. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you risk it. My fault, right? Yeah. yeah. That should be the hint that you change it. And one of the things that I actually appreciate too is um, when you get the emails from companies that say, you know, hey, like I noticed someone tried to log into your, you know, Netflix from China at 2.40 in the morning, you know what I mean? And like change your password because of that. Is that something that we're seeing more companies do to try to curb this from happening? Well, yeah, Allison, that would be the part of two-factor authentication working. Like I was about to go live on TV one day and I got an email saying that someone was trying to log into my PlayStation account from Dearborn, Michigan. And I knew it was bogus because you know our PlayStation's in the living room and no one's trying to log into it remotely. So, I mean, it's a good idea. And most companies do want you to set up two-factor or two-step authentication so that if a criminal guesses your password, then you'll get that message letting you know that a criminal tried to log in. And like you said, when something like that happens, you probably are better off going and changing the password rather than just trying to risk it and say, ah, they didn't get in and they won't get me. It's better to be safe than sorry. 
Yeah, if they're notifying you, hey, you're at risk here, do what you can to, to stop it from happening. Now, I, I know I always appreciate that if I if I see those emails. Yeah, and if you set up two-factor authentication, you'll start getting them too, Allison. Yep, there you go. <laughs> you playing risky, saying I use the same password for everything. Can't be doing that. I know. I as soon as we as soon as we finish this, I'm gonna go change my passwords to everything. <laughs> I feel bad now. I'll say this. So on the I think I forget what day it is. So on the fourth day of May of every year, if anything, if you don't do this when we're done, just remember on Star Wars Day, May 4th is also National Password Day. So if, if you just forget, just remember next May, you need to change your passwords. There you go. I love it. Put that reminder on your phone. You know, I'll just say, remind me every May 4th, change your, change your passwords on stuff. No, I love right, that. Exactly. Okay, so you talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but I want to go into a little bit more detail about the new technology. Chat, AI, you know, all this stuff that is popping up. I mean, what is that? What is that going to look like? What should we brace ourselves for? <laughs> um, what What is going to come out of that? Do you anticipate? Is that already happening? Are we already seeing, you know, uh, this have an impact on cybersecurity? And what is what is this going to mean for the future? Well, for cyber criminals, AI like chat GPT can be a good thing because they can ask chat to create malicious code to infect devices. They can ask ChatGPT to uh, come up with some sort sort of AI. Uh, also, ChatGPT can help craft the perfect phishing message for people to fall victim to. So, I mean, it just, I mean, as far as real estate agents, it, yes, it can be a productive tool for them to be able to use to craft whatever they want. But for criminals, it just gives them the foundation for them to create stronger cyber threats. So I think people are defi definitely going to have to be a little bit more vigilant about the malicious information that can be caused because of ChatGPT. I mean, I don't think that it will be any different as like you're going to see more, but it's just you're going to have to pay better attention because as we all know, ChatGPT can generate text that looks like almost like a human wrote it and be a lot different to detect these cyber threats. So Real estate agents, beware, but be a little bit more vigilant. Just don't be loosey-goosey with uh, reading emails and responding to messages. Um, you definitely are going to have to keep a closer eye on what AI is going to do and how criminals are going to use that to get your personal information. And the challenge is, Allison, we don't know which direction they can definitely take with AI. So that's why it's a scary threat out there. You know, in a lot of instances, no amount of antivirus software is going to protect you because normally if a link comes in via email or text message, when you click on it, you're telling your antivirus software, go ahead and let it in. You know, it's fine. So just be vigilant and don't necessarily be like frightened to do anything just because criminals also have access to AI or chat GPT. Yeah. And just, I think what it almost comes down to is just like trusting your gut instinct too. I think too, if something looks sketchy, <laughs> don't do it. You know, if there's any doubt in your mind and you can kind of tell some of these messages are there's misspellings or like things are worded weird or they're not using like the correct grammar. Like you just have to really pay attention to like that kind of stuff too. Like use your gut intuition is kind of the best defense almost that we have against this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the other problem, Allison, too, is that companies aren't always forthcoming when they've been breached. For example, happened to be out in the field with one of our accounting customers and a accounting software sent out an email saying, hey, it's time to renew your subscription. And end of the year is normally the time when people are going to update their accounting software to be prepared for tax season and the new financial year. Well, uh, after responding to the email, found out that it was criminals trying to extort 
money and called the company and they were like, oh yeah, we've been aware of this. We've had people call in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, again, you just have to really rely on yourself to identify those cyber threats because companies aren't always forthcoming and there's no way to tell in a lot of instances if it's from a criminal or from a entity. So I think one of the best ways to do it is to make sure that if you do get an email that sets off your fear or your your uh, instincts to call the company directly and ask them did they send out the email. Yeah, always better to be safe than sorry. And especially, you know, if you guys listening, you know, ask questions all the time from our members. Hey, did Ohio Realtors send this out? Is this from you guys? And Ohio Realtors has had those criminals, you know, imitate us and try to pretend that they're us and they're emailing our members. So I know this happens. And if you guys listening, our members are listening and you got a weird email from Ohio Realtors, please reach out to us and and let us know. And um, it's better to be safe than sorry, even if it is a legit thing. It's better to ask than to fall, you know, victim to anything like this. But Burton, this was so fantastic. I want to thank you so much for for joining me and sharing this knowledge. I still have so many questions. I'm like, wish we had more time. But it was so refreshing and interesting to hear your perspective and how we can all do a better job of keeping ourselves safe from this kind of attack. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. No problem, Allison. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys all for listening and joining our show. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. to back office, and that's with BrokerMint. Get complete visibility into every transaction and manage them all from one dashboard. Automate commissions, organize financials, reduce compliance risk, onboard new agents, generate reports and dashboards in seconds. So if you are ready to handle every back office task and bring your teams, tools, and data together with BrokerMint, visit brokermint.com forward slash Ohio Realtors. Plus, see how you can score 50% off of the implementation fee. That's brokermint.com slash Ohio Realtors.